Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. That's greenlight.com slash ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Is It Just Me with me, James Williams. I'm the lovely... Oh, that's me. I think I'm the lovely one. I'm Jo Elfin. You're Hi. always lovely, Jo. Oh, shut up. Uh, and you join us today on a very sunny day when we're actually basking in the beautiful daylight in a sort of swish Notting Hill apartment in the company of... Well, a very familiar face to us, Jo. Sorry, who are you again? <laughs> <laughs> Have I been gone that long? Yeah, no. Yeah, well, quickly, got... we should say, obviously, you know, TV presenter, radio presenter extraordinaire turned Hollywood actress... Jamila Jamil joins us. Hello. Hello, Hello. Of course I know. You, you're a really big deal now, right? That's a lie. She's That's still talking to us. It's slander. true, though. Look, she's so... still talking to us. No, we no, love no. her for that. Don't take this away no. from me, because I have got so many cred points in my house now, because I have a friend who's on my daughter's favourite TV show. Is wow. it her favourite TV show? Absolutely. Oh my god, that's so absolutely. Sweet. You've got to say hello to Evie. I will. Hello, Evie. Hello, <laughs> Evie. Well, she's actually not allowed to listen. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, but, yeah. Too rude. Oh, yeah. No, but Jamila, Jamil, hello and welcome, and thank uh, you for having us in your lovely apartment today. No, thanks so much for coming over. I you're feel very like jet a right diva. Oh no, asking you to come here, but I am like well, I'm swimming through mud right now in my brain because we... it's like eight hour time difference. So I'm I've just gotten off a plane Jesus. from Los Angeles. And rushed to do the Is It Just Me podcast. She couldn't yes, wait. My, I as, flew as here just for this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> I ask myself that every day. Um, I am here uh, because my boyfriend is working here at the moment, and so I'm here to be his wag because he's my wag when I'm filming and so we wag each other that's not a euphemism just to be very clear mutual <laughs> yeah. wagging wag each other stay together yeah, yeah. Um, and so we I'm just here for that but I could leave at any moment for work because I might be doing my first movie that's so, so awesome. Thank you. I can't tell you anything about it, but it's uh, it's very exciting. It might not happen because in Hollywood, some things never do. But I'm literally currently waiting by my phone with a packed suitcase 
that where I might need to go. It's the weird nature of yeah. this business, which I'm not used to. Can we just vouch yeah. for that as well? Because I yeah. think a lot of the time, pump, pump, some people say, oh, I can't talk about my next thing, because, you know, and they, they try to play the sort of, you know, cards close, close to their chest thing. But yeah. you've just been telling us, the nature of Hollywood actually is not as simple and cut and dried as people think it is, right? Exactly. And people get fired at the last second, or films <laughs> the get money falls through at the last second, or someone's, like, molested someone, and yeah. then it comes out now. Like, that's genuinely something that happens all the time. There was that movie, All the Money in the World, where Kevin Spacey was in it, and then all of this Kevin Spacey stuff came out and suddenly they had to either can a movie that costs like $140 million or they had to spend $10 million reshooting it with Christopher Plummer. Mm. On the bright side, there was a time not that long ago Mm -hmm. when somebody molesting somebody was not a big deal at all and we carried on and could you just please shut up and sign this? Exactly. Yeah. But I'm not complaining about it, I'm just showing that especially right now, you know, it's a a time of like true uncertainty. So there's just no point me going on and on about a job that I might end up not doing. Jamila, this is so, this is so you. This is, I think a lot of this is you always um, waiting for the thing to go wrong. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm English. But yeah. well, you are the queen of self-deprecation as well. <laughs> yeah. I think. And I mean, you do need to own the fact. Anyone who's not who's listening who hasn't watched The Good Place, you need oh. to rectify that wrong immediately. It's so so good. It's a great show. I'm and really you are lucky. a revelation in it. If you don't oh, want me saying. Like, thank you. Well, no disrespect, but I think you know we all know you from T4. We know you from Radio One. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, out of nowhere, you pop up in this TV show, and you're up against some serious heavyweights, right? You're up yeah. against well, not up against, but, you know, starring alongside Ted Danson yeah. and Kristen uh, Bell. Exactly, and you're not more than holding your own. You're actually stealing pretty much every scene that's from underneath them. I would that's say that's a lie. But, uh, <laughs> but, but goes very yeah. exactly. No, no but you it's... are absolutely hilarious in the good place. Thank you. That's yeah. very kind. I've I've never been more afraid in my life uh, than doing this show uh, it was absolutely terrifying but it, it's been so much fun and it's it's so fun to have to up my game it's so nice to have that challenge and to have that kind of pressure I do like, enjoy finding out where my flaws are and what my strengths are and building and just trying not to like just literally shit myself <laughs> Uh, which is always set. a good way to rule to live by yeah, also American craft services which is like it's, like this, it's <laughs> Canteen, this like 20 it? foot table of snacks that they have on set and like my delicate little English stomach had never known what corn syrup was and corn syrup's in everything like you have to buy sugar free bread to get bread that doesn't have sugar in it in America mm. and uh, so like it's just all this shit is just laid out everywhere and it's delicious and you on set 16 hours a day you're tired you're bored you're eating constantly and the the wind is a the trapped gonna, wind it's not about the, farting in front no, of Ted Danson is yeah. it no exactly that was actually yeah. for the first season that was my anxiety was more that I was going to fart in front of Kristen Bell because she's small she's five foot one so she's nearer my <laughs> asshole than I am like even I mean, that's so that's it deep. she's like she's at eye level with yeah. my bum that, hole that could and be so, her me too story if yeah, you that's fart it. in her face yeah totally yeah. Like, yeah. Well, yeah just gas poisoning from Jamila Jamil and so like my fear that that she would smell something I was putting out over, overrode my fear of, of being a bad actress. And really, that <laughs> carried me through season one. It was just a terrible digestive system. This Season two, I didn't touch craft services. And peppermint tablets, can I recommend? Oh, yeah, Thoroughly. sure. Sure, yeah. but also like, also like my, my weight was fluctuating in a way that I've never like had before because of the, the sugar and the salt in the it food. It is quite weird because you always think of oh, LA. Well, like Pablo Escobar by the fucking finale. Like it was unbelievable. <laughs> it was like, is this a good place? Is this narcos? <sighs> it's fine. I don't mind that. But it, but it was just more like my, my wardrobe situation was a nightmare. But, but it is interesting because <laughs> I've never thought about it before, but it, it is a strange situation because you always think of LA being the sort of the land of the clean eating and, you know, the sort of healthy food Not stuff. on a film set. No, I'm actually not on any photo shoot I've been on. It's no. Always remarkably kind of stodgy and sweet and full of all that kind of sugary crap. Really. It's just shit. Yeah. They Gorgeous love sugar, the shit. Americans. And they love, like, even when you think, oh, I'm going to have a salad, 
and it comes and it's the size of four plates of salad here and covered in mayonnaise and cheese and, yeah. Yeah. yeah wonderful but for those who haven't actually seen the show okay. can you sort of quickly sort of sum up what The Good Place is all about the Good Place is a wonderful comedy from Mike Sher, who's the man who made The Office and he made Parks and Recreation. And it's starring who? Kristen Bell. <laughs> I yeah. mean, you know, who's that man? Yeah, he's yeah. a new office. He needs a hit, I think. Um, yeah. <laughs> and he, it's about Kristen Bell's character. Her name is Eleanor, and she's this terrible woman who wakes up one day and she realises she's dead and she's in heaven, essentially. It's like our version of heaven in The Good Place. But she's this horrible person and has no idea how she's managed to get there. It turns out there's been a mix-up in the system and now she has to not let anyone know that she is the wrong person to be in the right place. And so she's... That's terribly worded. But it's... So, it, it, it's what it's, I'm saying is that she's a terrible person who's in a place full yeah. of wonderful people. The, if the game is up, then she'll be sent right back down to hell where she belongs. So it's her journey in trying to actually become a good enough person to warrant her place in the good place. And we are all of her neighbours. I play one, like a neighbour from hell, like the sort of like smug bitch next door. And I, you know, her and my character, we trigger each other, we fight constantly, we constantly bring up each other's insecurities. And it's all these different characters around her who she's learning from, but also constantly challenging in an attempt to actually become good. It's a, it's a show about nora- morality, about what actually makes you a good person. Yeah. Just doing the right thing yeah. with the wrong motivations isn't enough. But what I like about it is, is it's also quite dark in places, and it's not you know, it's, it's on the edge quite a few times. It's not, I think, oh, because yeah. when you think it's a primetime TV show in the States, obviously it's on Netflix over here, mm. isn't it? But I think it does, it, it's not afraid to sort of take a few risks as well, and it's actually oh, yeah. genuinely very, very, very funny. Oh, sure. And also, like, it's, there's something really genius about the way that we manage to get bad language in, cocaine and masturbation jokes <laughs> and all that go above the over the head of children so we have six-year-olds who are a fan we have 25-year-olds who are fans we've got six-year-olds who are fans it kind of reaches every, there's something for everyone in it and you can all watch it together and it reaches different people on different levels it's like american it's so, panto <laughs> no exactly but it's also so uncondescending to the yeah. american public because so many american tv shows nowadays uh they they water everything down they 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 sort of dilute it because they're trying to not challenge anyone and I think what I love about Mike Sher and I love about NBC for putting this on the air a show in which we talk about philosophers like Kurt, like Kant and Kierkegaard and stuff um, and then we have cocaine and masturbation jokes is the fact that they aren't they don't underestimate the the world they don't yeah. underestimate the public and they know that they, people can handle a bit of humour a bit of edge um, it's quite a bitchy show we're really rude about Celebrities, like I, my character is especially really rude. Well, she's a fabulous name dropper. Yes. Isn't she? Oh my god, yeah. the worst, yeah. the absolute worst. What but, happens then when you come face to face with people you've actually had to name drop or sort of badmouth on the show? Has that ever happened so far? Yeah, I met Beyonce, uh, who told me that she watches the show. Oh, fantastic! Oh my god. Well, you can now die happy, right? I know. No, yeah, that's it. That's it. It's game over for me. Uh, but um, by the way, your computer is now loading your photos, and I'm so scared I'm going to see a picture of your dick. No, okay. don't worry. There it's, we go. Um, yeah, don't um, worry. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, that would be something. That, that just came up and I was that would be, like, that would be the bad place. The it's bad a mixture place. of both, yeah. Joe. Um, but uh, yeah, so I met her and I felt instantly mortified because all my character does is name drop Beyonce <laughs> and how like she's my. I refer to her constantly as my best friend. So I started instantly apologising to her, um, but she's extremely gracious and sweet. Uh, but how weird. I think it's that thing, if you build it, it will, it will come. So if you just keep saying it, she'll become your best friend. Yeah, eventually. What well, Life will imitate art yeah. and I'll really date Leonardo DiCaprio exactly. and Baz Luhrmann will throw glitter all over me. If you put it out yeah. there into the universe, it will come back at you tenfold. It's quite funny to see what... I think playing an English person in an American comedy, it's always really funny to see what Americans think we are. Yes. And, and, I, and they were very cool about letting me like sort of 
anglify her like enough like make her as passive aggressive as we are and like just add those little kind of like bitchy london edges and the, and that sort of um pseudo poshness <laughs> oh yeah i'm so disgustingly that... posh <laughs> yeah in the show but it's like they wanted like a kind of like slightly panto kind of like grace kelly type figure and those people do exist they just all live in chelsea we've met those people They've i've got dj'd, DJ'd for those people when i've dj'd for like ugg boots but, or something they've all turned up with their like, ridiculous names but and, your character like, tahani and this is the genius of it as well and this is what you have to bring to as an actor is she's also got she does have a moral centre. She does have a soul. And as the, yeah. as it goes on, you get to yeah. understand why she is the way she is. And she's not one note, yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I yeah. love that about her. Well, I think Mike Sher is wonderful at, like, building empathy. Like, throughout all of his programmes, everything you will see is a consistent, like, empathy, which is something that we could all stand to have a bit more of, which is that there's no such thing often maybe not no such thing but it's very rare that you have someone who's just bad it's normally someone yeah. sad who acts out in bad ways you know everyone who's arrogant or in, like all the things that make people the most intolerable you could find them it normally comes from something that's really easy to explain like a shitty parent or they were bullied at school yeah. or they were humiliated and dumped and cheated on or something like that these all these 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 mannerisms that we have that suck always come from some kind of injury no one's just born that way and so i think that there's a beauty to the fact that you meet her, you hate her. I hated her. I hate playing her at first. Mm. So I was just like, I cannot stand this woman. Uh, and then I started to learn her backstory and I started to love her. And slowly but surely, people have started to love her. Yeah. And Absolutely. that's really cool. No. Now tell me, because I remember the last time you did this podcast when it was a glamour podcast and you hadn't filmed a scene yet. Yeah. But I was so excited for you because I knew Mike Shirk and I said, my God, Ted Danson's in this. This is yeah. going to be incredible. Yeah. What? Tell me Didn't what it was I like. didn't know I just fart my way to success. <laughs> <laughs> God, honest to God, I spent my entire life going, no, Jamila, that's not why, that's not, no, but um, it's because you're very, very good at what you do, but what was it like um, your first day on set, how, how did that feel, how did you overcome any the whole first season was so surreal I actually didn't process it I was overly cool as a cucumber to the point where I think people took it as ambivalence where I was just like you're right mate hiya Ted you're right Kristen like just very like Russell branded my way through it <laughs> I was like just max cash like lying down in between takes just sort of it just didn't hit me what was happening sorry the police are coming they found out I'm here shit yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. this, is, this is not a drill yeah. <laughs> um yeah, and so I, I actually was cool as a cute. I don't really remember it, and it just sort of. I think my, I was in shock as to what was really happening, and then I remember we shot the finale, and the finale is so, like the end of season one alone is worth watching the entire series. Agreed. It's so so good. Yeah. But because Ted Danson's so incredible in it, but we were there. We shot that big final scene as the last scene that we were filming in the whole show, which is so lucky to ever get to do that because you normally shoot things out of sequence. Right. So it was a real sense of finality, and you know we didn't know if we'd be coming back for a second season. So I was like, all right, guys, thanks for having me. Thanks for not firing me. Uh, bye, bye, Ted. Bye, everyone. And I like just sort of strolled on out, cool as a cucumber. And then as I was walking out, walking through the set of Universal, where like Friends was filmed, Jurassic Park was filmed, Back to the Future, everything through these sets, on my little golf buggy, like driving towards the gate, it just all hit me all at once after five months of filming. And I sobbed and I sobbed and I sobbed and I couldn't believe what just happened. And also like, not to become like a tearjerker, but um, I, when, when I was 17, I got hit by a car and I damaged my back so badly. I didn't walk for like over a year. Yeah. And, uh, I didn't have anyone to talk to. I didn't have any friends. Like I, I didn't have a support system in that time, really, to keep me company day to day. And I'd missed 
I was missing my teens, everything. And so all I did all day was watch American sitcoms and they kept me alive and they, they taught me everything that I wasn't learning outside. Mm. And it was stuff like Cheers with Ted Danson yeah. or it was Frasier or it was Friends. And I, day and night I would watch these things and they were such a source of comfort. I would say that they, I'd go so far as to say that they saved my life um, and my sanity at that time. And uh, to know that I was now in one of those shows, the way that the world would come full circle. If you mm. told that girl who was on a Zimmer frame that one day I'd be acting alongside those people it's I used like to watch. It's like a Hollywood movie it in just, itself. It was too much. It was Did just you? too much. And it wasn't like dignified like actress dears. I was like, <gasps> <gasps> my boyfriend thought I'd been fired when he picked me up at the gate. <laughs> um, but it was, so ever, that's how I processed have it. Have you ever spoken about that to Ted Danson? No. No, I don't want to freak him. I mean, I'm, well, he, I don't know if he'll listen to this, oh, but of course I don't he want to will. freak he's him out. Yeah, you're talking about Jamila. But I, um, to be on. But uh, I know he's such a beg. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I don't want to make him feel like Ted Danson. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, he, like he, oh, he's so cool and normal. Yeah. He just wants to be treated like you know, as one of the guys. Yeah. He, uh, yeah. he's extremely cute. In I that think way. he'd love it though. It's a very sweet story, and it's you know, it was just too much. Like acting opposite his face is still just like that. You can't think of your lines. All you're thinking is Jesus. That's Ted Dancer's Ted fucking dancer, Ted fucking dancer standing right there. Look at him being amazing. Oh my god, the scene is so good. He's so good. Like that's all. That's my internal monologue. It's disgusting. I can never tell anyone like what a big fan I am of them because I'm I'm creepy enough as it is. It's also a really great ensemble. The best thing I can say is you know I think the words you know binge watch are bandied around a lot. And I'll honestly tell you I watch and it's the perfect length. Each episode is about 20 25 minutes long. So sweet that you watch this. This blows my mind. No, honestly, we put it. I put it on and I literally binged the whole first season in one day. So honestly, if you're if you're listening, you haven't watched it, check it out at The Good Place because it's really, really good. It's, it's the return of a good, finally a good US sitcom, I feel. Like, yeah, it's, 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 it, it is a really good show. And honestly, because like, I'm not in a lot of it, I, as in like all of it, I um, get to watch it as a fan. And I'm genuinely a fan of this yeah. show. I'm very proud to be a part of it. I'm very, I feel very be. lucky. You should be. It's awesome. I feel very lucky. Well, now, enough of nice things. Let's go on to ranting about things, shall yeah, we? Yeah, fuck obviously, The Good Place. Exactly. Go on. Let's, about let's, me. let's get to some bad places. <laughs> say hello to Lucinda who stopped me in Topshop yesterday oh yeah I mean god I felt like a celebrity do you, do you oh yeah what she yeah. was like telling you to that say, she loves your how she loved the show yeah. yes but so we hello. love you for that I, I told you I was going to say hi and I've done it thank you for listening and we also want to say a big hi to Rachel who has emailed us at is it just me podcast at gmail.com to say hi Joe James I'm a big fan of the is it just me podcast in fact it's the only podcast I listen to what's well, the only one you need Rachel yes. don't Good bother girl. with any of the other crap out there and I'd love if you could discuss whether it's just me who thinks that we don't always have to go outside of our comfort zones to achieve great things. Ooh. Interesting. Interesting. Yes. Mm-hmm. This what one's a good you... one for you, I think, Jamila, because you're somebody who's, you know, who knew that acting was a new string to your boat. Yeah, I mean, like, I think it really depends. We've all got different comfort zones. We've all got different, you know, layers of what we find you know some some of us are more anxious and neurotic and self-deprecating than others so I think I agree with her maybe you don't have to go outside of your comfort zone if you are someone who has a very wide parameter within which you feel comfortable um I don't think it's one or the other I just think that it's it really helps to grow your soul to go outside of your comfort zone yeah. sometimes that having been said I've never done anal and I never will uh, <laughs> and so like that is outside of my comfort zone and we've I don't all, think we've all got I don't think right. that I would necessarily achieve greatness or not were I to go there but that is something that it's I'm definitely not on my bucket list yeah no it's, yeah. it's on my fuck it list like yeah, 100% <laughs> or, or but, not fuck uh, it list. <laughs> yeah exactly um, but outside of anal uh, <laughs> 
this is why I shouldn't do podcasts. Uh, I would say that for me personally, it has benefited me greatly to live outside. To push of my yourself out. Yeah, yeah, my address is not my comfort zone. Like WA. Like, but were you? Can I? Can I ask? Obviously, yeah. you know, you obviously a very successful presenter and a radio DJ. I mean, were you looking to break into acting, or was it something that just kind of happened? How did that process actually? Oh. You know, it's the dream for a lot of people. They try to dare I say it, Brits going to America to crack oh, America. And I'm going to ask a really annoying question now. Did you used to say to me that you didn't want to be an actress just in case it didn't work out? So no, 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 no. Okay, I'll be completely honest, and this doesn't make me very popular with anyone else who does my job or wants to do my job, but this is the honest truth of it, is that I was an English teacher until I was 22. I was basically engaged to someone. My life was wonderful and easy and simple, and I just didn't... But I was in a lot of difficult situations financially, and I met someone in a pub who thought I was amusing and told me that there was this job to replace Alexa Chung mm. on television because she was moving to America. It was on T4, which is a show that I'd grown up watching. And he was like, you should go in for it. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. I would never want to be on television. Um, I'm very happy as a teacher. And I'm about to travel around the world as a teacher. And he was like, oh, it's a thousand pounds a day. And I was like, cool. So what was the email? <laughs> yeah. uh, and I never thought I'd get it. But I also thought if I did, they'd fire me within weeks. I'd have three grand. I'd go on a holiday, go to Rome. Uh, <laughs> and so I... Um, I had this choice between either going to Japan, which I've been working for three years towards as a teacher to teach English, and I'd been give, I'd made the cut, I was about to go on that trip, or I could go and do this audition for T4. I made the decision to try for T4. I somehow got the job because I think my complete disbelief in myself uh, and my ambivalence towards it, because I was like, this, I'm not special, no one would ever cast me for this, meant that I was so calm and cool in the, not, not cool in the sense of actually being cool, because if you know me, you know I'm not cool. Yeah, you ever read but, my column? Not, not terrified. But I was very, yeah. like, I yeah. didn't have any kind of air of desperation, which is what I think comes out often, like, because people are very emotionally attached to this industry. Mm. So I just went in, I was very calm, I was very myself, and they they mistook that for confidence, they gave me, and competence, and they took, they took me on as this new presenter, and I was just afforded so many opportunities at Channel 4. And then after that, I, you know, I was offered a chance to come and audition for radio. And I went in and I auditioned again. I was like, they would never put me on the radio. I'm a bloody idiot. And a slot came up just at the right time. And they asked me if I'd like my own show. So I've had, I, I work hard within the jobs that I get. But I've also been very lucky in the fact that I've been afforded opportunities. But I believe, to my credit, and I rarely credit myself for anything... Part of my success in my life has been the fact that I don't have like a set goal as to what I'm going to do in the world. I think it's good to have like a rough idea, but I don't have like a set goal and this is how it's going to be and I'm going to achieve this by this age and then this is going to happen and this is going to happen. And, then, and if I don't, then it's not a disaster. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, but yeah. also like if you, if you do that, if you just have this tunnel vision towards your life and towards your career, then you miss what's happening on your periphery. Whereas I've always been like a kind of like fish fish eye view mm. of the world. And so I see all these weird opportunities that come in. I never planned on being a uh, radio pr presenter or a DJ or a writer or, or a TV host. I definitely didn't plan on being a bloody actress. Mm. And so I think the fact that I'm very open to new things and I'm, I don't have a big ego, so I'm willing to fail. Mm. I'm open to failure and I, I believe that that's how I've learned most of the things that are good is by being bad at things. Yeah. Um, I'm not embarrassed by being shit at things but, and I'm not embarrassed by my ignorance because the only way to combat ignorance is to learn rather than pretend you're not ignorant, yeah. like hide from opportunities, hide from the possibility of failure so you never actually try, so you can never actually fail. Yeah. Uh, I think all you do is you just never grow like that. I've grown by fucking up really publicly and then sometimes, you know, which has been a nightmare to be in your 20s mm. and be in the public eye. But I've made these mistakes in front of people. I'm 
and I have learned from them as best as I can. I continue to learn, I continue to grow, and I continue to be open to new things that I don't know how to do, apart from anal. <laughs> uh, so you are, you are definitely disagreeing so, with Rachel here. I'm not no, even, no. no, I'm no, not I disagreeing think, with I think her. what you're saying, saying is, I think it's perfectly like, fine for you to be within, if you're happy within where you're at, then there's no, because I think what she's basically asking, at the moment, I think there's a very it's quite big... a broad question. Well, yeah. I think at the moment, I think there is a big trend for you should never be really comfortable where you're at. There, yeah. there's, there's, there's a lot of bullshit Instagram memes yeah. that are like, you know, if it, if... If it's easy, then it's not worth having. If if you're not scared, it's not. And I think mm. that that kind of vibe is freaking people out who just want to have a nice job. And yeah, I was very, I mean? very yeah. happy. I was yeah. very happy as an English teacher yeah. with my boyfriend at that time. And if life had gone on like that, that would have also been absolutely fine. Yeah. It's just that I think... I think rather than that question, the way I would pose it is you should never, ever let your life ever be governed by fear. Yeah. I run at my fears. Yeah. And I just try them because what's the worst that can happen? If death is not the other option, if if, if they're not going to take you out into the street and shoot you, then why not? What's yeah. what's what's wrong with being a bit embarrassed now and again? Yeah. I'm with like, you. I'm with, I think there's, there's you know it's, it's a terrible thing all to things let things that your boyfriend will say next time he wants to. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. You should embarrassment is not what I'm afraid of. <laughs> I'm with you that you should never let your fears or insecurities stop you from taking an opportunity. Yeah, that's, I'm with you on that's, that. That's where. But I, I think here as well, I think yeah. playing devil's advocate slightly is I do think there's a slight shame nowadays and if you are somebody who has found a job a relationship mm. a house that you're happy in there's a current sort of energy i think where you have to feel you're always striving for the next thing yes and i've always said my friends are joking about it you know i'm very happy in the middle yeah you know, i don't yeah. have aspirations of huge grandeur massive houses or mm-hmm. millions in the bank if i can basically sustain a life that i enjoy living what do i need more 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 for all the time and i think there is it's almost like like I said, almost shame about basically saying, no, I'm perfectly happy where I am. And if you're somebody who's been in a job for like five years, people are like, oh gosh, you've been there a long time. It's like, oh, what's yeah, wrong no, with I think, that? I think know? that's, uh, yeah. I, how, how I feel about it is that I honestly think that people who are constantly striving for more and more and more are trying to fill a void mm. um, yeah. with, with stuff. Yeah. And, and you'll never be happy. And the worst part of getting to the other side of your dreams, as I see all the time in Hollywood, people who are achieving their dreams, the emptiness lives on. And that's mm. when they turn to drugs yeah. and they turn to like extreme spending and all these different things. They develop, became, become very destructive people. I have no ambition. I'm so, no, I have no ambition. <laughs> I'm, I'm, with constantly, you on it, I'm constantly criticized for it because I'm just sort of like coasting along, trying shit, not sure where it's going to go. I don't think things through enough, which probably is sometimes to a fault. Um, but I, I feel very satisfied. If this is it, if I just get to do this, now there's no other acting jobs and there's no other bits and bobs and I'm allowed to keep the money (laughs) that I've made so far, then then that's great. I don't need an Academy Award. I don't need a clothing line. Like I don't need any of these things like I've done therapy I want to revisit this conversation in 12 months yeah. and, see, and, and see which of these things even if I got it if I was off. lucky enough to get it like I still wouldn't need it like yeah. I'm as happy now as I'll ever be and if anything I think like loads of fame or lo- too much success where you're working in a business or you're a CEO of a company and you'd never get to see your children and you never get to see your husband or wife you know or your mm. partner you know in, in those situations like, I think sometimes so much ambition there's a reason that billionaires are all 
fucking psychos. Yeah. Mm. Like to get to have that drive and ambition that takes you all the way up there to the top, you have to give up the whole of your life. Well, essentially, ambition. I guess we've talked about this before in the podcast about you know lists. You know, sometimes being a list maker or setting yourself obstacles yeah. or things to achieve can actually, in a weird way, hold you back and depress you because you and it blinds you from the periphery. Yeah, yeah. And it also makes you feel like oh, if I haven't mm. achieved that, I'm a massive loser. Yeah. You know, so in a weird way, ambition can actually be the same thing. If you have a huge amount of ambition, you're always then giving yourself a hard time for not achieving it. Yeah. So no. I kind of think it's a curly one, isn't, isn't it? it? I basically yeah. think. Curly one. I think ultimately, yeah. I think if you're happy where Rachel you're at, smashed it with this. Yeah, she really has. Yeah. We really can do a whole half hour show it. on yeah. that alone. Go, we're Rachel. Be all lying awake in bed tonight with our eyes wide open, just sort of like freak looking a bit. But look down. at no. yourself. If you feel yeah. like you don't have enough, really look Go at yourself ahead. first yeah. before you look at your life. Look at yourself. Look at like who you are, what you're doing. Get some bloody therapy, and then figure out who you are and what you really want. What I want is to be happy, to be loved. To have great friends, and I'd like enough money to shop at Whole Foods because I'm a bit of a wanker. <laughs> Full stop. Exactly. Yeah. That's a lot of money to shop yeah. at. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, basically, I'm very happy in the is it just me middle? Thank you very much. You know, aren't you, yeah. Jen? Who needs more? Well, I mean, it's probably a good thing that we're happy in the middle, right? Because that's kind of where we right fucking are right now. Oh, trust me, like, I, I'm surrounded by people who are at the top, like, yeah. way, way, way higher than me. And, like, I've, I'm yet to really find someone truly happy at yeah. the top. Honestly, Embrace the middle, honestly, Rachel. Honestly, don't believe what you see on Instagram. It's yeah. bullshit. They're all neurotic and mad and being used for their money and their success. They can't trust anyone. They can't go anywhere. They've got yeah. no privacy. All this, this, the, the, this nonsense that people aspire towards, it's because no one tells the truth about what it's really mm. like. Not that I know what it's really like. I've never lived up there, but I know people who live in that situation. And it looks like hell. Mm. No, like, ne- never. Just never should anyone the, the middle is where it's at. End of. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Want to teach your kids financial literacy but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. Is it just me that feels violent rage and my sort of veins in my neck bulging if anybody deigns to forget my name? Well, Luke. what was your name again? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. No, I, mean, I feel like I need to give this some mean, you context. Know, we had to do that. I'm not saying like you know the first time you met me, but yeah. I, I've had experience with the people where you know sometimes I know you know my name, but uh. you just can't be bothered 
to remember it. Or Can they I almost just say, use I think, it. I, I think I actually did get the name wrong of the lady I said hi to. Oh, sorry. But the irony so is not sorry, lost. Because I was any so other. excited that someone recognised me from the podcast yeah. that I was a bit brain blind. She's apologising already. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 cause there's this um, school of thought, isn't it? When you meet someone, if you say their name five times, a bit like Candyman, you'll never oh, forget hilarious. it, apparently. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I, maybe because I'm good with names and faces, I, 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 so maybe therefore I have a little less sort of patience for people that aren't. Right. But I guess, yeah, I do find it a little bit exasperating no, when people don't No, I don't, don't give remember. a shit. What, if someone doesn't remember your name? No, because no, I don't give I'm a shit. really bad with remembering names, yeah. so it just makes me feel And it's not, because, it's not because I don't like or respect yeah. people that I, I forget their names. I never forget faces, but names... Ooh, terrible. Also, like we meet so many people. That's I meet what I think. so many people on and a day-to-day you know, day basis. Maybe you're just really forgettable, James. Uh, well, that, I think no. that's the problem. But that's, that's what, but, that, totally. but, that, but you know that you hit the nail on the head. That's what's actually happening in my the conversation in my head. What happens is I take it to a t- totally m- mental place. Mm-hmm. When somebody forgets my name, rather than just thinking, "Oh, that's a person that's bad with names," I go. Oh my god, I'm a forgettable person. I've got no personality. I've made no impression whatsoever on them. You just have this entire like internal. Di- I know. I, I know. Mean, I'm mate, a lunatic. I, I like, know. Literally, <laughs> no one. People still don't know that I'm not Connie Huck. Like <laughs> honestly, like they still but don't know. But that's casual racism. That's and what that is casual racism. You know what? I do casual. get a lot of. I get a lot of Jamelia. And actually, this was very yes. awkward. Mm. There was one day where yeah. this was very awkward. Where she where said lots of awful things. She said a right? bunch of really dumb shit on Loose Women about how, like, plus-size women shouldn't be able to shop on the high street because they shouldn't be encouraged in there with, like, bad eating habits. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. Uh, you can Google it. Uh, it's everywhere. And then she was also talking about very skinny women also not... Basically, using shame as a method to approach one's, like eating yeah. relationships and like mental health problems surrounding food and you yeah. which sometimes the it is. media stick for it and I woke so I didn't know about any of this because I was living in Los Angeles so I just moved to Los Angeles and I woke up in the morning and because of the time difference I woke up to like at least 138 tweets calling me a cunt specifically and oh, I was like God. I mean I'm, you know this is a little bit more than normal slightly above the norm for about three of them. yeah I never normally <laughs> yeah. go above an 11 a day yeah. and uh, I was like god yeah. this is really excessive um and so I'm sorry about my language but it, this is literally what happened and so I saw so I you know I I was like what have I done and I because I, I've normally I've normally done something <laughs> yeah, so was uh, there a part yeah. of you thinking this is my fault. Yeah. I was, yeah, immediately I was like, God, what have I done. posted? Uh, what have I, I done? I appeared on Loose Women in my sleeve. Yeah, yeah. who overheard one of my conversations? Yeah. Like, you know, um, but anyway, the point is, is that I, so I Googled it and I saw her like really careless, careless comments. I don't think she's a bad person, yeah. but like just seriously, that with great power and great visibility comes great responsibility mm. and use that like wisely. Um, and so I just started forwarding all the tweets to her. I was like, another one for you, mate at Jamelia, at Jamelia, at Jamelia, and then wrote a piece to kind of fully make sure that A, I hugely stood against what she was saying, but also to make sure that I was separated from that narrative because I thought it was so dangerous and so against what I'm about. Uh, And then I ended up actually bringing out a plus-size clothing line. And you are Jamila, not Jamelia. Yeah, exactly. Jamila. It's a different name. I I have this a lot. I mean, people think I'm being really basically a wanker when I get really a bit pissed off and people call me Jamie. Right. But to me, that's a different name. James and Jamie. It's not even an abbreviation. Jim, Jimmy, they're abbreviations of yeah. James. Jamie is a different name. And it, people are Chris and Jamie. And it just kind of winds me up. And I know it's ridiculous. You're very intense. Well, <laughs> I've got real issues with names. I'll no, have, have to tell you what happened to me. I was at um, the Paris Eurostar one morning. And I got there at 6 o'clock right. in the morning. Because there'd been a fire in the tunnel. And there was few, very few trains. And I knew I had to get back to London. Fashion week. 
station flooded with fashion journalists, including one, I'm not going to name her because she gets cross about things and I'm scared. But um, she she's slightly older. She was um, she couldn't walk very well. She had a bad leg, and I, and we were all sort of in this state of confusion. And I said, I'll tell you what, if you look after my bags, I will go and find out what's going on if we can get on this train. And she said, Thanks so much. Um, oh, and by the way, this is my assistant, and this is Lucy. And I said, No, 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 I'm not Lucy. I'm, I'm Joe. And she went, Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I confused. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Of course you're Joe. And I was like, Anyway, went off. Went and sort of like, okay, I've got us tickets. She went, oh, Lucy, thanks so much. <laughs> and it's just, it really made, it just kind of amuses me. Yes, it doesn't would, bother me at all. That would have wound me up, you see. I, just, I just think like, literally, are you Dory from Finding Nemo? No, Where is your memory I think, attention? I, I, I genuinely think it's passive aggression. I think she just wants to want you to know that your name isn't where, and, and I just find that amusing. Well, I think that's Oh, like, yeah, I had a co-host on, uh, on Channel 4. Uh, who I won't name um, who does that a lot well, she'll reintroduce herself to someone every time she meets them every single time she meets them it's a power move well it she'll say her name yeah well, see, no no she'll to... just be like hi I'm this person right See, uh, I think every so. single time and like yeah. she'll have seen but that person the day my, before obviously all of my insecurities around this whole forgetting name thing does feed into I'm that person so I assume no one remembers me now so right. if I have met somebody five times I will always say oh hello I'm Jane from you know and they go yeah, yeah I know who you are and I'm a bit like I, I always assume people are going to forget me, and I think it's always I just better. don't think it's a big deal, but I also, now, I'm now wondering if you're one of those people who gets upset when people forget your birthday. No, oh, no, no, that's okay, fine. Okay, good, I'm, good. Not, I'm not a birthday. I, oh, like, God, I hate those people no. so much. Not that I would hate you, but I would, I'd judge you behind your back. And, um, and, and call me by the, the, the wrong name. No. <laughs> people who get obsessive about their birthdays. It's that, like, that's it a whole was, other podcast. It was years ago. You were yeah. born years ago. Like, if I'm here, and I'm your friend, and I listen to you when you're sad, and, like, I take you to places with me and I think of you all the time yeah. it doesn't matter if I didn't remember the day that you were bloody born which I wasn't there for totally yeah. agree I think you have to choose but one or the other you, you can't be a wanker about your birthday and your name you have to be a wanker about one or the <laughs> other otherwise you're a, you're a hateful person I don't think you're a wanker I think you just have to decide how much you mean to yourself and that has to just be above whatever like I mean more to myself than it matters how I mean to anyone else and I, I think she's hit the nail on the head because the story I told I don't care what this woman thinks yeah you're right I don't she? care if she knows my name or not and the truth is I've answered to way worse than James before <laughs> <laughs> haven't we all <laughs> yeah okay I need to get over myself so it's just me then basically I just hang just up my only on this day I'm sure there's people who resonate well if you agree with me by all means do drop us a line what's, what's your middle name let's see if I can remember it oh how do you not forget <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've never been told your middle name. James Conrad Williams. Oh God, yeah, that's yes. true. Because yeah. that, that makes the James and the Williams. The James and Williams is so boring. Conrad kind of elevates it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So. Yeah, I did forget that. I know. Yeah. <laughs> See, there's no hope for me, is there? Joe forgets. No one's off. Remember. He's leaving. He's actually walking out right now. <laughs> right, James Conrad Williams. <laughs> that's my name. Don't forget. Jamila. <laughs> Whatever. Jamila Alia Jamil. Jamila. Uh, oh, that's hard to say. Jamila Alia Jamil. Is it just me, Joanne Marie Elvin, <laughs> who really, who needs professional help to sort my life? Yes. Yes. <laughs> this is something that it, it's a source of great disgust with my husband in the house at the moment in that I have hired somebody to help me declutter my wardrobe, uh, my cupboards, my whole house, because I feel like, I, I think that I, I'm going to be really deep now I think that there's something going on with me with having had the same job for the last 17 years. Mm. And I'm in this real phase of 
trying to force myself to let go of lots of things. And so I'm fine. I've got, you know, boxes of magazines, old clothes, you know, decades old clothes. And I can't emotionally bring myself to declutter as much as I need to. Mm. And it's a huge problem in our house. So I've drafted somebody in paying them a small fortune mm. to, to stand over me and make me do Force it. You. Well, but the thing is, is that any different to paying a personal trainer to kick your ass to the gym? You exactly. Know, ultimately, I, I, and you're not alone, because let's be honest, I've recently noticed, especially on Instagram and just from general sort of web search, you know, there's loads and loads of people that now building these companies and these providing these services where they basically come and sort your life out. So there's clearly yeah. a massive demand for it and you're not alone. I'm, I'm a little bit on the fence here because I have to say for me... It's almost a bit like that's the therapy. So for me to physically do it myself, for me then makes me feel like I'm really doing it and I've kind of achieved something. And it's also like because I don't have, going back to what we talked about earlier, because I don't have an incredible amount of ambitions or hobbies. A very memorable name. Or a memorable name. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, the, the one really memorable, forgettable thing, no, the memorable thing about me is that I love to get rid of my own crap. No. Um, yeah, do you know what I mean? So I actually find in a way, it's setting those small things like, right, I've got to have the wardrobe detox or I've got to, you know, sort out that under but the cupboard. I think you, may, you might be, I've, I've been to your house it's it's lovely and bijou and you need to keep it organised yeah um, I um, I think you may be underestimating the scale of what I'm dealing with here and I'm going to write about it soon because it's it's unbelievable but also you've lived in your house quite a long time as yeah. well I mean I've, yeah. I've not been in my place that long but you know I, I do think that the world is developed is divided into people who do take I think they find it very hard to let go of things. I mean, we had Nigella Lawson on the podcast and she said she's a terrible hoarder. Like, she she can't get rid of anything. She's a terrible what? Hoarder. Sorry, be very careful how I say that. But yeah, she basically said the same thing. And I think... We don't need a legal problem here. I think... uh, Hello, Nigella, because I know you're listening. Um, But basically, yeah, I think I've always now been that person that if I don't get rid of it there and then, I know I will hoard it. So I've become slightly ruthless. What about you, Jamila? Do you hang on to shit? Uh... This is how I feel about what you're talking about, which is that we are all so overwhelmed and anxious in this world. And if you can afford to have someone help you in any way in this world, do it. Mm. I think the weird British pride that exists around, which I've definitely been susceptible to when I was younger, of like, I must do everything myself. I must not go to a therapist because I can deal with all my problems by myself and I don't need someone to clean my house and I don't need to... Mm. Like, just shut up. Yeah. Like, just, if you can afford... If you're I mean, lucky enough in this life... I do feel a bit first world problems. No, yeah. fine, yeah. fair enough. Yeah. But like, it doesn't have to be a problem. If you're lucky enough to have someone... Like, God knows that like, the restaurant industry is booming in London and in the UK because people don't want to cook their own meals all the time. Yeah. Like, it's wonderful. Yeah. Fast food is on the rise. Uber Eats is on the rise. Like all these different, can I say a brand? Sorry, not a brand, but like, you know what I mean. Delivery services, like everything, everyone loves someone to do their laundry for them, dry cleaning. All these different services exist. Like, you're really lucky to have done so well in your life that you can afford to have someone come in and help you with something that you find emotionally and physically challenging. Mm. You've got kids, mm. you have a job, you have a marriage, like you should be so lucky as to have someone come in and help. It's like the weird shame around having nannies or like night nurses yeah. when people have kids. Like, that, But when someone can afford to have a nanny and a night nurse, that person gets to spend more time with their partner yeah. or getting yeah. on with their life, which means they get more sleep, which, which only ever aids your life and your marriage and your sense of happiness. We should all be so lucky and anyone who judges you for what you do is just sad because they're not here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you've actually. Thanks, Jamila. Yeah. That was the best. She's good at giving pen yeah. talks. But also, no. I think you're right. As well. I, I think <laughs> yeah. there are things as well that you know people tend to think, oh, that's what you know, famous rich people have. You know, you think, oh, famous rich people have trainers, they have chefs, they have you know this, they have people come around and deep cut their houses. And I actually, that's not the case anymore. I think you know, I've actually noticed in the last couple of months, you know, since uh, I've had a bit more time on my hands, but lots of my friends, my male friends 
are actually quite clueless when it comes to shopping. So they will now actually, they think I've got, you know, I can actually go out and help them. So they mm. physically need to be told what to buy. And they've, said, they've told yeah. me they will pay me to do that. And they have no shame in that. So what... Charge them. Yeah, well, exactly. But I'm saying, that, I'm missing that. That's a basic personal shopper that you would think is a big old Hollywood thing to have, yeah. right? But I think more and more people actually want that kind of advice. And if you, and if they, again, if it's affordable and they can afford it, yeah. what's the shame in doing it? No, there's no shame. Like, I think English people just have, like, a, we just love to shame each other yeah. all the time anyway about everything. No. Like, oh, you have ambition? Shame. <laughs> oh, you're doing well? Shame. Oh, you've yeah. got some new shoes? Really shame. True. Like, it's so yeah. in our culture, like, the way that, yeah. um, I've really noticed it, like, God knows, I, I love England. I love the English. I love them so much. This, these are my people. But I have, having spent time in other countries, realised that, that we have a real sickness to us in, in our, like, need to, like, douse each other in, like, in shame and, and in, you know, I don't know. There's that thing about the English, the British, I should say. We, we don't like to feel like anybody's not grounded. We don't like no, to feel totally. like... I'm it's a like the biggest fear. Yeah. Like you yeah. see it, like, for example, like any, any like, musician does well yeah. around the world and it's like, you know, we suddenly rip them apart. Yeah, the or even, even my favourite one is that you can ask any woman... Any any woman in England be like you can just say to her oh that's a nice dress and she will instantly without any provocation just be like oh I just found this in a bin it was only like oh it was, yeah, like, yeah, it yeah. was just it was covered in sick or like <laughs> yeah. oh I only got this for like two p at, at a charity shop like this instant justification of like oh my god it's not designer it's not special I didn't spend money on myself I didn't think I was worth spending money on myself yeah. I'm not a wanker like it's just like this sort of like tirade of of just like of um, explanation, self-explanation comes out. On that we so have true. to tell you the price of everything. Where's your suit from? <laughs> oh, my suit is from Hebe Studio. I don't know that one. It's like a new, it's like, I think it's like an Italian brand. Mm. Costs like 600 quid, <laughs> yeah. which is the most I've ever spent. It's right now. Yeah. It is yeah. very nice. No, I would love yeah. to, to, yeah. To say it's not, but mm. I think that they deserve a little shout out for like it's very nice. Yeah, it's very nice. I think you know what, we're basically. I think as a nation, we as Brits, we need to stop being apologetic for things. And I think you're right. We just need to own it. Like I said, if, if it's not crippling you financially, it's your money, it's your life. Yeah, you should be allowed well, to do. Whatever I have you a theory, want. by the way. Oh yeah. On why we're so apologetic. Why? I think this is a systemic part of our culture because we're so sorry about everything we did as a country, as oh. history. I mean, I say we like I was one of the countries that got conquered and they stole our tea and our curry, but. Um, because I'm from India yeah. but um, you know the English like our history is that that like went to other countries America exists and is no longer Native American because the English Christopher Columbus came over we took over and we raped and we pillaged we did this so in so many parts of the world and we lost and we got sent back to our tiny little island and I think that there's like a inherent embarrassment and like yeah. we're so sorry and I think it's almost kind of like the lady doth protest too much where I think that we're like constantly trying to lower ourselves and and be sorry and humble because we tried to conquer the world, which was bad, yeah. and then we lost, which is worse. I'm not touching that. Sorry, I'm not saying that's definitely. Yeah. It's my theory. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying that as as you know gospel. I'm just one. I'm just wondering. You know. I think as an outsider to this country. I think it's, it's well, because I'm Australian, I didn't grow up here. Yeah. What really struck me when I first got to this country and still continues to is the obsession with class. Mm. Obsession. It's so funny. The British, this country talks about class more yeah. than anywhere. And, and of course, class exists in Australia. Of course, it exists in America. We don't, nobody talks about it in the same way. And I think that there's something in that kind of, that everybody's sort of like entrenched in their pride. Mm. 
slash shame with yeah class. it's such a rigid it's, identity here yeah. that I think, everyone has yeah. to have their place in society yeah. and you shouldn't try and get out of your box yes. and, and, and again it plays into what I was saying earlier it's the tall poppy syndrome in the UK isn't it you, if somebody gets a bit too above their station they yeah. love cutting them right back down again Instagram is very interesting for what it's done to the English where it's kind of like set us free to have kind of like these moments of rebellion where suddenly everyone's becoming really like they're having they're narcissists now taking selfies everyone's getting like I mean, yeah. their lips done yeah. and their asses done and like everyone is being kind of sexy. like conforming yeah. being a bit sexy being a bit out there I've got English friends who use the expression without any sense of irony of like I was just really feeling myself at the moment I was like what <laughs> what did you just say but then there's a as tiny as part of me <laughs> yeah it's a tiny yeah. part of me yeah. that's just like oh, I'm just feeling my bum hole right yeah. now yeah. Um, it's there's a tiny part of me that's also kind of like oh, well, you know what? Good for you. We've been so repressed and, like, forced into self-hatred yeah. that, like, you know, while it sometimes brings out the ugliest in people that we love, there's also part of me that's like, this rebellion was coming. Yeah. This I was always, was always going to happen Instagram is like the point. emancipation of the British. It is. It is where we're, like, we're, like, living for likes. We want <laughs> likes. We want pride. We take pride in our appearance. We're hashtagging that there's no tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. we're showing off our lives yeah. rather than being like, no, 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 I haven't done anything this weekend. Now it's like, you do things only to be able to put it on the gram. You know, yeah. we're motivated by showing off now. It's such a I've, funny, I'm, interesting I'm, rebellion. And I'm really conflicted about how I feel about It's monstrous. Thing. It's well, monstrous, yeah. but I it's think, also important. But basically going back to what you're saying, no, I think it's perfectly fine, you know, to get someone to come and sort your life out. Oh, sorry, yeah. Whether it's your mind, back. your yeah. body, or your I wardrobe. Forgot, well, I forgot that we were talking well, about no, that. But just saying, yeah. it's perfectly fine. If you're paying someone to come and sort you out, Well, I'll tell not? you what. If you can't sort yourself I, out, pay someone to do it. I am very, I had a meeting with her today, and I'm very excited about how clean-lined and sophisticated my Great. shitstorm of a house is going to become. <laughs> and so I will keep you updated. Oh, please. On the gram, yeah, yeah, yeah. on yeah, Instagram. No, good for you, good I'll for you. May you we all, LA time, 9 a.m. May we all have the, have the money and the access in our lives to have people come in and help us when we are anxious and we are overwhelmed. And give you a fucks, basically. Don't beat yourself up so bad. What a great way to end. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jamila Jamil, oh, for thanks. making time in your ridiculously busy schedule to be with us. Yes, thank you, Jamil. And um, we are so grateful. And I love seeing you because I love that you never change. Uh. And, um, you know, and I bet you don't either, no, no matter how successful you get. I'm I... way too old now to change. <laughs> if it was going to happen, it would have happened in the last this decade. 2018 is totally your year. I'm really excited. And I, I have to urge you all to watch The Good Place. Do. Although I know it's not Bye, everybody, and do tune in and listen to us next time on Is It Just Me? Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs> 